1: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get
0: $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: Achtung, Achtung, Christmas is a coming, dear listeners. And to quote Richard Chaplow, 26 appearances, 9 son 1 goal, as he once said, you cannot beat a good board game. And we've got a good board game for you here. Achtung has teamed up with a tremendous football trivial pursuit style game called Pundits. You can follow Pundits at Pundit Games on Twitter. And it's a really nice little game, actually. It's a board game. It consists of football trivia questions, easy and hard. Some of the hard ones are very, very hard. And you move along a football pitch to score goals against your opponent. It will suit the football head in your life, dear listeners. Great way to pass a Christmas afternoon. You can get a 10% discount if you visit punditgames.co.uk at P-U-N-D-I-T-G-A-M-E-S, punditgames.co.uk. Get a 10% discount at checkout with the code LIONS in capital letters. LIONS, capital letters. And every sale will benefit the Lions Food Hub. Um, what a better way to pass your Christmas than to enjoy a good football trivia game and to know you're doing good at the same time so get on it punditgames.co.uk Hi, I'm Gary Rowett and you're listening to the world famous Acton Millwall Morning, dear listeners. Sunday morning and uh, mid World Cup action, uh, Millwall for you. Joining me today, special guest Ben Anthony. Welcome back to the show, Ben.
2: Hello, Nick. How you doing?
1: I'm, oh, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting a bit World Cup fatigued, Ben. To be honest, um, we're foregoing the joys of uh, Japan versus Costa Rica, which is nil-nil as you and I are speaking. Um I think I might be getting a bit ground down by the sheer torrent of football. I I mean four games a day is we we did four games yesterday watching it. I think it might be I might be overblowing it a little bit. How are you doing with the World Cup mate?
2: Yeah, uh, not too bad. I'm not I'm not watching all the games. Um just because I'm I'm, I'm working, so I'm not able to. um,
1: (laughs) That's probably the secret.
2: (laughs) Yeah, um, but I'm trying to catch what I can. Usually it's the last two, the four o'clock and the seven o'clock I've been watching. Yeah, so not not too bad in terms of the amount of football, I guess. But uh, yeah, I think it's been an interesting mix. There's been some exciting football, but quite a few drab nil-nil draws in there as well. And um, the world's longest amount of added time.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting trend, which I, I kind of I kind of like it because they're clearly picking up the, the the bits of the game that annoy me, and I don't know if I'm right to get annoyed. Whether it's a, you know, you're showing your age in this, the the endless goal celebrations, and the game management side of the. You know, everyone was talking to Harry the other day, and he says there's an art form to it, and I, I, I get that. But it is—it's it, good to see game management being punished. Where do you stand on the issue? Do you do you approve of this uh, eight, nine, ten minutes extra time added on, or, or do you do you feel unsettled with it?
2: Yeah, I I do. I think um, it's probably we'd all agree it's probably too long at the moment. Um, but I wonder if that's because players haven't stopped time wasting yet and that that will i think come down i did hear someone speculate a little while ago that it's the idea of them doing this now is so that we'll all become a little bit more open to this 60 minute a game when the clock stops idea um which i think came up about a year ago and and has sort of vanished into the ether and it, it it sort of seems to be an idea that's creeping back in again as a a concept to to change football, um, which I'm not so keen on. I don't think
1: you're not. I was going to say I I I I um I, I don't mind that. Um, I think if if you have a set period of play, or I mean, they, they do it in basketball, don't they? And and all of the American sports for that matter, apart from baseball, um, they have a, a, a game time clock which runs down. So you you I think the idea in football is to you'd have something like a a thirty-five-minute game time clock, which stops running when the ball goes out of play. I don't know if that means for every throw-in or whether it means for goal kicks or, or you know free kicks or whatever. How they're going to do it? I am um, I'm, 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 I'm actually, I am actually more sympathetic to it. I am sympathetic to the idea of adding on uh, added time um, because, for me, the game is really noticeable in recent years how this game management thing has taken hold. And I know we do it too. We do it at Millwall, don't we? Um, but it 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 always aggravates me when you see a team that's just scored an everyday championship goal, including us. Um, which you know it puts us in front of an everyday championship fixture, you know, and the celebration is akin to something you know, like we've just lifted the European Cup or something. And every team does it now; they'll run to the corner, they'll mob each other. Um, I think there's a place to reel that back in a little bit. And if if that's what it takes, then I'm um, personally all for it. I'd be interested to know what the listeners think uh, to, to the show. Um, and if even a, even a game time countdown clock. Um, I suppose the difficulty with that, Ben, will be you can't do it in every fixture. You'd only be doing it in stadium type fixtures where you've got the facility of a countdown clock in the ground that's visible to everybody. You know, you'd be hard, to, hard push to do it at your um, Essex senior league level, or you know, Ishmian uh, Ishmian Premier, or whatever. You know that that would it would be a bit exclusive, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, and grassroots school football, that kind of thing. It, yeah, it, it's it, it's another step to separating it for me. It's another step to separating it from the game of football, mm. um, and it, it the Premier League has done a lot to do that already. I think. Um, I think that's why yeah. I'm more hesitant on it. For me, I would rather we kept it like it is now. And this idea of having a stopwatch and every time it it it's gone off and they're they're taking too long to take a goal kick or celebrate a goal or whatever, at that time gets added on at the end. And I think um, by doing that, it'll the big teams will stop doing it because they want you know that the
1: yeah yeah yeah
2: they don't want to concede a 99th minute equalizer or whatever.
1: I think that separation is is a good point. I mean, VAR VAR separates um, separates the game completely, doesn't it? Because not everyone can uh, organise that VAR. You certainly can't have it at, at the lower league level. Sorry, the cat's just cat's just chewing at my headphone lead here. So uh, <laughs> this is. I'm sure you don't get this on professionally done podcast, listeners. Look, go, get away, Jack. Come, on, come. On. Yeah, I suppose it is this idea increasing that there's an elite sport and. You, you, you know, your park football or your lower league football is, is something removed from that, which is which is not to be applauded. The, the standard of football in the World Cup overall has been fairly hard-working, veering towards the mundane, but illuminated by these magic moments of individual talent. Similar points to what we've just been touching on, Ben, that, you know, the kind of emergence of the, the Mbappe moments of brilliance, the Richarlison goal, the, the, the Messi goal for Argentina. Mm. Um, it's all all a lot of teams are much of a muchness but it's whether you have your your kind of um your great master in your team you know not everyone will have that england don't have it i don't think but france very much do the brazilian do brazilians do in, in richarlison and obviously messi for the, for the argentines that's that's the emerging uh, streak that seems to be coming forward in the last few games i felt.
2: is that is that not always been the case for world cups i don't know hasn't probably. that been yeah, yeah. probably it's easy to forget World Cups and you, you all you remember really is the magic moments um, yeah. and the moments of brilliance. And I think this is probably a standard World Cup in that sense. I don't think it's that different. Um, there's always some rubbish teams in the group stages and there's always some good teams that underperform in the group stages. And then I think once you hit the sort of quarter final stage, I think it will probably be quite entertaining.
1: I mean one of the things that's always struck me with the the ever expanding World Cup. I, I'm old enough listeners to remember a 16 team World Cup back in the early 70s, you know. Um, but as as the as the tournament has expanded and expanded and we've now got 32, and I, I did read that the next World Cup Ben's gonna be a 48 team uh World Cup, which I, yeah, I think I mean what I would say is in fairness to this this particular tournament it's only really Qatar and maybe Costa Rica who are really quite clearly out of their depth. A lot of other teams that, once upon a time, you would have said are, are um, second-string nations. I'm probably thinking here of the Saudi Arabias and the uh, even the USA's to be to be to be you know to be blunt. They're coming along. They're they're strong and they're hardworking sides. And you're seeing a lot more the Iran. You know. Maybe not brilliant, but there's certainly contenders in individual matches, and that's quite an interesting development. Maybe that is the result of the expansion expansion of the of the of the tournament size. The more you include nations, the more they improve.
2: Yeah, I suspect so. Um, it makes for a, a better experience watching international football. Yeah, that's nice. I, I, it's it is always better than the the qualifiers where you're playing. You know, teams that barely have eleven yeah. people to, that can play football and that kind of thing. And I think it's, um, you know, getting to a tournament is always exciting. And I think for these these countries that don't always make the tournaments and um, are do produce surprises every now and again, it, it's such a massive experience for them. They're not always playing in these tournaments. You know, no. we're lucky as England fans. It's it's unusual for us to miss one. Um, and it's unusual for us not to, you know, be in the knockout stages and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's a good thing for for football that these teams um, are as as good as they are.
1: We've mentioned the USA already. I, 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 I I've just been making some notes to myself. The the kind of, are, are Gareth Southgate and Gary Rowett uh, soulmates. Are they are they you know kind of children of the same uh, the same family? Um, this this kind of uh, favouring of caution over flair. Um, obviously, there's a big debate as to whether Ben Foden should or shouldn't have come on, versus the Americans on on Friday night in in that uh, really. Um, I thought we were quite fortunate to get away with a nil nil draw. Ben, I mean, you know, the, the the US hit the hit the crossbar, I remember, and looked like a really strong, industrious side without maybe. The true star quality that might be other nations that you know that, that the separation of the other nations, but I thought we got away by the skin of our teeth. Personally, England on Friday night
2: for me it's Mount. It, how Mount starts over Foden, I I will never dunno, understand.
1: Don't know, don't know. This is like uh, yeah. Rowick playing George Evans, isn't it? You know, it's this kind of yeah. obsession with uh, obsession with the average. You know, it's what, what 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 do these managers see that we don't? I don't know. It's a um, weird
2: experience yeah. at the moment, being a Millwall fan and an England fan. Usually an international break is like a, a change of scenery for... <laughs> you're watching football and then for us it's just more of the same just with different names <laughs>
1: <laughs> well both teams really I mean uh, uh, rightly or wrongly I, I, I don't know but I mean both um Millwall and England have a sense that we're playing with the what's the cliche the handbrake is on you know we're playing with a handbrake on rather than unleashing the, uh, the the talent we've both got these kind of um uh, geniuses that sit on the bench Ben Foden for England and, and Tyler Bury that sits on the Millwall bench and there's always this, this there's this very weird sense that both uh Southgate and uh, in fairness to Gary Rowett they're both actually doing much better than their reputations seem to um you know portray because I'm looking at the as we're speaking I'm looking at the BBC website we're top of the group Ben uh, in in the World mm. Cup England top of the group um Avoiding a five-goal loss against Wales puts us into the knockout phase, and equally, as we've uh, you know, as we've said a few times on this show, um, at the show at the break of the at the EFL, then Millwall were in sixth spot. So we're, both England and Millwall are actually doing much better than maybe the management's um, public persona implies at times. It's a very odd, odd game football in that way, isn't it?
2: Yeah, we're both uh, excited about where we are and where we could finish, and. Raging, <laughs> ready, <laughs> ready to be frustrated and calling for the manager to be sacked at any moment. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's a very odd mix. I, I, I went round to the corner shop yesterday, round where I live here, and uh, got a pint of milk. And I saw my first England car with with two flags. The only one I've seen actually uh, with with the uh, the Saint George's crosses fluttering on the on the aerials or whatever it is they put up there, you know. And there's one house, we've got one house around here with a, 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 a St. George's cross um, draped from its window. Um, and it's this kind of in half-hearted applause of success at the moment, isn't it? I mean, we're all the same, really. We are We are doing pretty well, but somehow you wouldn't get a sense of it reading the, the Twitter and, and the message boards and all the rest of it. There's a very mixed... <laughs> yeah mixed, mixed approach to success <laughs>
2: it's funny with england it's um i i sort of predicted exactly what's happened so far i thought we'd beat iran did you i okay. thought we'd draw against the usa and i i think we'll beat wales and it, it, it'll it be a we'll go through on points comfortably but it'll look a little it'll feel a little bit more tricky than it was or than it should have been um and beating Iran so comfortably the other day lured me into that um, full sense of security and and that we're going to absolutely demolish the United States. And I should have stuck to my guns. and you know, <laughs> it's, Well, this um, is what
1: I'm wary of. We've just been to Preston and beaten 4-2. Yeah. I'm, I'm still buzzed from that. I'm expecting that game at Sunderland, which is now next week, listeners, uh, next Saturday for Millwall back again. I'm expecting us to do well up there, get a result, and I, I don't know what I base this. You know, all, all all experience, all my 50 years tells me it's a long northern away trip, a, a, a difficult Sunday morning, uh, Saturday morning kickoff time. So why do we expect success? But this is this is the uh, the electricity of football. This is this is what we're, we're expecting now, England to. Uh, Stuff Wales, and I'm expecting Mill to 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 put a few past uh, Sunderland in, in, at the stadium tonight. We yeah. shall see. I suppose life could be worse, uh, Ben. I mean, you know, just looking at today's fixtures, um, Spain versus Germany is the big game of the day. Seven o'clock kickoff. I mean, Germany four was it four times winners, three times winners of the World Cup are looking at yeah. going home early. Well, you know, again another theme of of, of England and and Mill following life is this high expectations at, at odds with all of our experience. Because, I mean, we, you know, we, we can't match the German track record for silverware. And yet they're looking at going home. And we're not. We're, we're looking at, you know, managing the knockout round. So, it, you know, it could be a lot gloomier, couldn't it? I think sometimes we don't tend to look at the bright side enough.
2: Oh, God, it'd be a shame if Spain won, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, it'd be heartbreaking.
1: <laughs> there we are. Schadenfreude is a German word. It means taking yeah. pleasure. In the in the misfortunes of your neighbours, um, <laughs> there we are. Bit of bit of intellectual chit chat there for the listeners. Uh, one all draw yesterday for Millwall. Ben uh, Bronby. I didn't watch it. I don't know if you saw any of the the friendly game. Um,
2: yeah, I got it on um, on the stream. So, um, oh, did you watch it? Yeah, I was watching from home. Um,
1: um, sounded an interesting starting eleven with Roman Essay starting at, uh, one of the academy uh, attacking midfielders. He sounds like he's He's a prospect
2: he was really lively, um I really liked him he He was keen to get involved and didn't look like he was playing his first game for us It, it looked like he was he'd had a few matches and knew the team well yeah um, yeah, I was really impressed with him. I thought that first half i think we were better in the first half there was a lot of changes in the second half, um and that changes the flow of of the game i think yeah um, I think the first half we were we looked. We looked in good form still, and could have scored a couple. Again, they had a couple of chances as well, but I think they've got quite a prolific striker. And
1: yeah, don't um, see six, sixty odd goals or something. On yeah, they,
2: they've got a couple of players that can that can cause problems. And I think it was a good match actually, in that sense, particularly the first half for me.
1: I'm hoping that we've got conversations going on behind the scenes to maybe look at this. Particular striker, I can't, I can't remember his his, his track record, but he's for Bromby, and he was um, over sixty odd goals in the Danish league, so he sounds like quite a prospect. Let's hope that um, mm-hmm. you know we, we are interested in that kind of level of striker. There's an interesting article on the. Um, I mentioned it the other day with Neil uh, on on the London News Online about the backstory to signing up Zian Fleming. Um, there's a lot of work, um, a lot of work that goes into bringing these, you know, these signings off. Um, I'm hoping that Bronby, you know, was, was not just a random choice of club, That maybe there are some conversations going on to to maybe bring in some of the, some of the talent. But it sounds like, the, you know, we, we've got some coming for our own academy, but we can always look at goal scorers as well. I don't know how many were there yesterday. Did, did, was it, a, a, I suppose I didn't, it looked like the stadium was pretty empty, apart from, I imagine, the, the West Stand. Know it's hard to, hard to tell yeah. from images of things.
2: Where they sit, the fans in these games—it's directly where the camera is. So all yeah. you can see is the completely empty stadium. Yeah, um, it was a, a weird sort of flashback to the lockdown games in a strange way. Looking <laughs> like at an empty—I was half expecting those cardboard cutouts to turn up. And the,
1: the crowd is, yeah. whatever yeah, happened to the yeah. crowd is? What did happen to the crowd is? Did people get them back? I don't know what happened to them. But anyway, I think they did. It? I
2: think you could come and collect them. And if you didn't collect them, then I guess they ended up Slug in of skid, them
1: away, I know. suppose, or chuck them, I suppose. But
2: yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, we're back in action next next Saturday. We just mentioned the trip to to Sunderland, twelve thirty kickoff, which I believe. I've seen is... quite spin. a lot
2: of I've seen quite a lot of pessimistic Sunderland fans.
1: Um,
2: which I'm not sure if that bodes well for us or not. But they, um, I've seen a few comments saying. You might as well just give Millwall the three points and that kind of thing, so well, that would do us
1: may yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll take it if that's the case um I believe it's on sky TV. I think it's a live game we've got this very odd mix of the World Cup going on, and I noticed Deb's fleet are kicking off at twelve thirty so you go you go from uh you know the, the world tournament in in Qatar to to uh, Gravesend. Um, but yeah we i think we're a, we're a live game next next Saturday it's quite nice to get back into league action to be honest with yeah me. i
2: wasn't sure because it's um it's it was the the game that we were meant to play and then it was the queen's funeral or something it was
1: yeah and it got um, yeah and this is the rearranged um, fixture as a consequence i don't know i don't know i'll um, i'll have to do some some research on that let's hope it is on on tv it's quite a you know, it's okay. So it's a rearranged fixture. It's nice to get back into league action as soon as possible. But it's a bit of a mirror of a journey to get up there for a, a half twelve start. You know, it's it, it's um, some of the fixtures we've got going ahead over the over the, you know the next few weeks and Christmas period are pretty supporter unfriendly. I think it's got we've got one game at Luton that's on the World Cup final day. That's a joke, um, that
2: one. It, that game yeah. finished just before two o'clock, and I think the World Cup kicks off at three. I, yeah. I really think that's, that's incredibly harsh on any fan that goes to that game, even Luton fans, um, yeah. but particularly Millwall. I think that's... you yeah, got no I chance of getting back into the game. Yeah. Had that been any other fixture other than Luton and Millwall, I think that would have caused some uproar
1: Sunderlands next Saturday, the week after it's uh, three o'clock Saturday afternoon, three o'clock kickoff uh, at home to Wigan, and then Luton at twelve o'clock on Sunday the eighteenth. That's World Cup final day. Um, let's 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 look at the pro, you know the the optimistic side and hope that England are involved. That will be a bit of a mare mm. of a day. So you you, you know you being serious, you probably have to take to a pub in, in Luton if you're going to go away and, and then want to see that that game, which won't, not many uh, more friendly pubs in Luton. So um, yeah. best of wishes to everyone that goes up there for that. I um, mean, just, I mean, even the, we've got the, the 12 o'clock game on Boxing Day at Watford as well. There's one or two, um, that's not so difficult to get to, but uh, I suppose much depends on the public transport system. for but, no, but one or two, let's uh, say uh, unfriendly, unfriendly kickoff times mm. going ahead. It's a big month. Looking ahead there, Ben. I mean, you know, uh, Sunderland away, Wigan at home, Luton, Watford will be, um, you know, let's see what we get. Then we've got Bristol City at home. There's a big five-game December, points to be had and games I think we ought to be expecting to get some something out of there.
2: Yeah, a couple of away games. That's the, the thing for us this season. We've, we've got a sort our away form out.
1: We don't travel well, do we?
2: I know we won the last one, but the, the form hasn't been good over the season. So, no. um, you know, if we can even just on average draw an away game and win our home games, that's that's playoff form. Keep that going and hopefully Preston is a bit of momentum for us and this break hasn't caused too many problems in that sense.
1: No, I mean, certainly the belief is, is going to be the uh, the key point because those are, you know, fixtures I think that we should look to be winning at least at least half of them and as you say avoiding defeat is probably going to be the uh the, the main thing away from home on the road particularly at Watford perhaps uh possibly at Luton I don't know they're, they're always awkward little I mean the Luton game is always a bit of a awkward little fixture isn't it it's, it's a it's a small ground um not particularly um glamorous place to be going to nor, nor is Watford for that matter but these these are the kinds of uh, games where you need to grind out results if you're going to be a, a contender at the end of the season. Um, FA Cup draw day today as well. Um, is it, is it, will, It's always nice to have a cup run, but I wonder whether it will be the classic diversion, depending on... We'll probably draw Arsenal or West Ham, in which case that will all go out the window. But, um, <laughs> you know, is it, I, I really do want us to be focusing on the league this season. Rather than the cup, would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, we've not had a good cup run in a, a little while. So, um, in a, one one part of me thinks it would be quite fun, but um, the other part of me agrees with you. I think if we're if we're going to do well in this in the league and and make that top six, I think this is this is the year um, that we can do it. I worry yeah. if we don't, players like Fleming will be picked off, and um, it it might be a bit tricky. So I would like us to focus on the league because I think we've got a good squad this year. I think we're, we're in a good place. The formation is working. And in the last, the Preston game, um, it wasn't working so well at the first half and Rowick tweaked it and changed. I think he, he did. went to about 5 And yeah. that's the sort of thing that Rowick did at the start of his time at Millwall. He, he made little changes and he bought players on... Uh, made subs a little bit earlier and tweaked the formation for particular games. Yeah. And we did really well out of that. And I think um, if he's coming back to, to that kind of management, I'm I'm excited about the potential that we have.
1: Well, we've mentioned the emergence of the stars in the World Cup. Let's hope we've got the emergence of the talent at Millwall as well. I mean, Raman Essay, we've mentioned. Abdul Malik apparently played yesterday, uh, briefly. Yeah. um and there's stories on, on the mill uh, the News sites about us identifying targets for, for January. I mean, I, I do think we've got a big January transfer window in the sense of, are we seriously going to go for it? Um, are we going to develop the, you know, build on what we've got? I think a lot, a lot remains to be seen as, as uh, January comes into sight there, Ben. Um, it's going to be an interesting period ahead, I think.
2: At the moment, it's, it's injuries. If we can steer clear of some injuries, we've got a decent squad. Um, but we've got a, quite a few injury-prone players, so I I think, think if we're going to get someone in January, for me, it's it's just about strengthening that
1: that goal-scoring. I score. think is is the thing, isn't it? and I that mean, as well.
2: Yeah, um, you know, I um, um, you know I was really pleased we got Bennick, a phobie, but he's not been there this season. Really, he's not been. I know I he's know. been injured recently, but he's just not been in form. Um, Fleming is really exciting. I think Bradshaw is showing fits and starts. and is... It was a
1: nice goal he got yesterday. I think the, the cross was uh, Murray-Wallace cross. Yeah. And it was a nice little delicate flick header um, from Tom Bradshaw, which got the goal. Um, and then we conceded late, I believe. Uh, as I said, I haven't seen it. I'm only going by the written account on, on the club website. But I did see a, a, a video clip of the goal, Ben. And it looked pretty good, pretty good take.
2: Mm, yeah, it was. Um I in real time I thought Murray Wallace had just scored it. I thought it was an yeah. incredible goal. Um mm. and then you yeah, you watch the one of the replays is from behind the goal and you can see that Bradshaw just gets a touch to it. Um and uh yeah, it was a it was a good goal. Good a good um we, we'll you know, take it. Yeah, we'd all be celebrating that like wild in the the stands, had it been a league game.
1: I'm looking forward to getting back down the den, mate. It seems to be ages since I've been to to Millwall. I don't do friendlies, listeners, but I am looking forward to getting back for that Wigan game on December the 10th. Um, It's going to be nice to see how this this little storyline plays out. Um, The other thing that was interesting, I, I, I mean, we mentioned it the other day, is the... Um, the retail, the the Lions Club shoppers, <laughs> as uh, well I'm not laughing. I don't know why I'm laughing? It's not it's not laughing laughing subject really. But the company that runs the the club shop has gone into um into administration, which means that I think I think we're stuck for trading with the club store at the moment, mm-hmm. which is an odd situation going into into Christmas. Um, I always think the club shop sh- should be bigger than it is, and I, maybe it's an easy thing to say as an outsider. I don't know i don't know if i'm being unfair on on the staff and the um the club in in that way but the gear in there never looks to be all that brilliant to me and i always think they should be better um but i don't know if i'm being unfair in that i mean do you ever go in the club shop ben Do you ever buy any gear at the club shop
2: um i the only thing i buy is usually a training top um and that's because i'm a teacher and i have to teach pe and i think if i'm going to wear a
1: You want a Millwall training shirt? I
2: might as well wear a Millwall one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I tend to buy that. And um, (laughs) other than that, you're right, I I look every year and I have a a look around and see if there's anything that takes my fancy. And it's always pretty crap. yeah, yeah, it's it's not, it
1: doesn't. I don't know. I mean, I might be. I feel like I'm being a bit unfair. And, and I, you know, I suppose the the counterpoint to that is, well, what would you put in there that's not in there already? It's just that sometimes the choices of, uh, I don't know, the t-shirts, the slogans. I don't, maybe there's difficulties in playing during to the "no one likes us, we don't care" thing. I don't know, but um, I just think it could be, it could be a real money spinner. And yet somehow it's always a bit of a by the way at you Millwall. Know, always has been so. So. We all just um, want a
2: line on a polo shirt, don't we? Really, that's
1: that's that's the classic. Yeah, put it on a decent polo shirt, and um, I think people people will buy. You know. Um, yeah. Anyway, the the lion store is temporarily closed, just as as Christmas looms. Let's hope they get that sorted and and back online. Um,
2: to be fair to the club, as I understand it, it's not the club's fault.
1: This no, is, no. Um, this Elite is a, sports uh, group. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and they they work with the kit manufacturer so Hummel. we're, yeah. we're, we're with them because of Hummel um, and uh, they've they've gone under and it's not just us it's I think Coventry, Southampton there's a few clubs that have had to do the same thing um, so it's it's an issue from their end not not our end but it's no it's you know, nothing
1: it's nothing Millwall related in that sense yeah. it's it's the the, the third party has kind of keeled over you know um, of all the
2: times for the the club shop to have to close, this is the worst, isn't it? What an absolute disaster! Well, it's a club. disaster
1: pre Christmas. That's right. Yeah, just, I'm just an interesting story. I'm, I, I've done no prep for this, listeners. You don't expect me to do prep, do you? I've I've done, I've, I've dragged uh, Ben on his Sunday morning away from his breakfast to talk to me, and I've give him nothing to work with other than um, whatever occurs to me as we as we're speaking. But there's an interesting article on the Athletic about the talking about kits the clash of kits. Um, Nike apparently is the most popular kit manufacturer at the World Cup. 13 sides wear Nike with Adidas um, coming in second, um, very much second it with seven. Hummel, Ben, which is the only uh, our, our kit manufacturer, is, is, is featured, um, but only one team. I suppose that's the Danish side that wear Hummel. Other than that, it's very much a Nike Nike World Cup. The England shirt. I think it's is absolutely disgusting. I I I, yeah. I mean and I, I you know the, I think the US uh, this is the American company of course but um I don't know this uh, why there's this thing about Nike as 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 a as a, as a manufacturer I, I don't quite get because they just look so clunky all their gear looks clunky to me I not that I would wear it but um the England shirt particularly it's it's a, it's awful do you, I mean do do, do 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 you agree or or, or do you yeah. uh, it's okay it's-
2: no, it is. It's absolutely. It is rubbish. the The, the white one with the blue shoulders is
1: yeah. Really I mean, it looks oh, like yeah. um, tie dye. I mean, I mean I, I older listeners will remember tie dye t shirts. Like they got a tie dye insert on it. It's, it's very odd. I don't know. What I've been watching
2: quite thing. a lot of the um, the international women's game and yeah. obviously the Euros um, over the summer and they played the USA um, a few months ago and they're, they're absolutely fantastic. the, the the england women's team is is amazing to watch at the moment um and their kits are, are really good. I really like their their kit right. and the, they've got like this the England badge is kind of silver um
1: oh there's a few have done things like that it's like a one color kind of shirt where the yeah and the, it, the badge is there but it's big. yeah i'm fine with that i mean it, it's just interesting to see this this um death struggle between nike and and, and Adidas and the puma are, are, there but i think once one, I've lost the story now but, um very much it's a, it's a nike world cup with uh, adidas picking up the picking up the rear um the other thing that made me laugh I don't know is, is Lionel messi has sold his soul to the devil ben apparently he's he's got a deal going with the saudi arabian government to promote tourism and particularly they, they they've got a world cup bid coming um saudi arabia wants the 2030 uh World Cup. Uh, there's, a, there's there were two seen as two favourites listeners for this this next um extravaganza. The next one's in the USA in 2026, USA, Canada and I think Mexico. But increasingly you're seeing multi-nation bids now for the for the these tournaments. I uh, well, suppose the amount of money it costs to stage it, Ben. But so uh, the, the, the two main bids in 2030 will be uh, Saudi Arabia on the one hand and South America, a grouping of Uruguay uh, Chile and Argentina on the other. So, But Messi has sold his soul to the uh, to the Saudis, so he's going to possibly be working against an Argentine World Cup, which I think is kind of um, calmer, isn't it, if it comes to... It yeah, comes to... <laughs> I've
2: yeah, heard well. that we're putting a bid together. I've heard that I think it what? was Wales, Wales, Scotland and England are putting a, a bid together for one of them. I don't know if that's 2030 or 2034 or something, but
1: um, Maybe. I mean, this. this I think they, they try and alternate it. I suppose the next one's in America, North America. So possibly, it used to be that they alternated between South America and Europe. But I, I think now they rotate them more between the the five continents. Obviously with Qatar, I don't know if that's classed as, as, as an Asian, Asian grouping, I suppose. I don't know. Um, so the next one being North America. But I don't know if they still retain that a south american world cup i suppose would be logical and also you got the anniversary of uh, the hundred years anniversary of the first world cup in which was in uruguay in mm. 1930 so that would also add um you know add, add weight to that um where that leaves poor old Lionel, um i don't know um counting his bank balance i think looking at the um looking at the piece here um, he's, he's doing a lot of work for promoting the saudis so all interesting stuff for the future um
2: it's going to be very interesting in that that obviously this is this has been a really controversial world cup in terms of the bid and um, yeah. awarding it to Qatar in the first place um and Russia was quite controversial
1: um yep.
2: in in uh, 2018 yeah I think if if you're running any business you think if you've had two very controversial choices for your biggest <laughs> show you'd think let's go safe and go easy for the next couple and just let's go, go to again. a football
1: hotbeds, yeah like south yeah, america football, which uh you
2: yeah know. so they've gone for the usa which is um probably quite a safe choice i imagine um, Yeah, so 2030 all eyes are going to be on that one to see it uh, i i can only imagine if they if if they pick saudi arabia and it's all you know, money led. I don't know. I, I can just see there being um, the same sort of headlines again, and that's not to say that Saudi Arabia are doing the same sort of thing, but um, no. Well, it, it won't want for money, big there, big. there, will
1: it? I mean, yeah. You know, I did, I, I did see that this one has cost uh, Qatar's cost two hundred and twenty billion. I mean, it's, the stadia look really spectacular. I know they're in the middle of a desert, and so you do get this sense of. Um, like a tent, I mean, the, the stadium was looking at last night, um, like a, an illuminated tent in the vast desert, you know, which is quite spectacular from the um, the visual point of view. And I guess the Saudis would throw money at it on a, on a par if not trying to outdo Qatar in, in in that sense. So they won't want for money. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to see how it works out. I, one thing that did strike me was the intense support that Saudi Arabia had in their game yesterday. Who was it they were playing? the? They lost out, didn't they, Um, in the match yesterday? I can't think of who they're playing there. But um, the the number number and volume of uh, Saudi fans, you know, I would have said that you'd take it to a football hotbed, such as Argentina, Uruguay and and Chile and so on. But I wonder whether these countries and the USA, you know, they're, they're taking a lot of fans over to Qatar. Maybe it's now they also are becoming football hotbeds in a way that, Arguably, Qatar isn't at the minute, but uh, it's yeah, going to be the, an interesting, the, interesting the thing. Me-
2: the Mexican support um, is huge over there. Apparently, the, the, yeah. Um, every the game between Argentina and Mexico had a, a massive atmosphere. Yeah, um, and they were saying in the in the stadium, they said it was probably the the biggest atmosphere they'd felt um, at this World Cup. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, and it benefited for it. I mean, it was you know I think some of the early round games felt a bit flat and a little bit like uh, you're playing in a leisure centre or something with no one there, you know. Um, but that that game yesterday, I mean, there's some of the more recent. Uh, as the fixtures get bigger and I think as more comes on the line, maybe you get more people going over there for the for for the, for the knockout phase. I don't know, um, but no fair play to the atmosphere and also the Argentina Mexico game last night. That was an intense atmosphere as well. Mm um as we've said illuminated by Lionel messi the man himself ben we've managed I, I, when we began this conversation listeners i said to ben i don't know how long we'll get out of this because i've got no notes and i've done very flimsy prep for it like as in zero we've managed to talk our way through the entire first half of japan costa rica which is nil nil so we've missed nothing but i think we've had a a better time of it talking on on, on the uh, on the zoom link today ben
2: Our uh, ability to talk complete nonsense um, is remarkable.
1: (laughs) It is remarkable. I've always struggled, listeners, to know what my talent in life is. And it seems to be that I can waffle on for ages about very flimsy football-related subjects. So, um, Ben, it's good to meet a soulmate, mate. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it.
2: No worries. Where do you reckon England are going to finish?
1: I think we'll. I think we'll beat Wales. We've got to beat Wales, haven't we? Um, I think we'll struggle in the knockout phases, and the reason we'll struggle is that although everyone's been praising the defensive um, performance against the Americans, I thought we got lucky. They hit the crossbar. They looked pretty good. I think we'll struggle against what I would call decent sides, and I think it's even the Netherlands or Ecuador probably that we'll face in the round of uh, sixteen. And then potentially, is it France, I think, in the quarters? And yeah. I just think that we, decent sides, the, the the kind of talent that we've seen with the French particularly, um, even to some level, We the, I thought Ecuador and, and the Netherlands look pretty dangerous going forwards. I just think if we come up against a decent attack we'll struggle um i i think we'll i think we'll get into the knockout phase obviously um well that's, that's still a possibility that we we won't but it looks like it's a long shot i just think we'll struggle against the decent side when we when we get into that 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 point how do you see it
2: yeah i, I think um i think we'll get through the round of 16 for me i think it'll be quarterfinals finals that will hmm. struggle
1: probably um, france probably france,
2: yeah it? it's likely to be france and i think that's where we'll we'll come unstuck um mbappe against maguire is a worrying prospect i think so
1: <laughs> very hard in fairness you know um in, in fairness to uh, to harry maguire who gets a lot of stick um if you're going to come up against truly top level talent and i think you've got to put mbappe even though he's got a vaguely annoying quality to him i find him quite annoying um mm-hmm. you've Gotta take your hat off to talent that can just turn a game like like he can and did the other night. Um, yeah. So I think I think most teams will struggle against that level of of, um, of quality. Do you see a winner of the tournament yet? I mean, I know that I, I suppose Brazil will be the obvious choice. Have you seen anyone that are you seeing beyond Brazil, France that that level?
2: It's them two really. Brazil and France are, are the two favourites, and I think they're favourites for a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, A lot of people were saying Argentina, but I think that's just because they quite like Messi to win a World Cup. Um, But I can't see it myself.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. Incidentally, just on a tangent, I'm just looking at the BBC website and there's a story here about Jürgen Klinsmann wants to calm down, inverted commas, calm down his row with Carlos Queroz of the the Iran. I was just looking at this clip before I came on uh, on the call with you today, Ben. Klinsmann went off on a really good opinionated... Uh, barroom-style rant about the the Iranian um, footballing culture and, and how they work the referee, and they 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 fall over and they all shout uh, in, in unison from the bench at the, at the fourth official and the linesman and the referee and really try and bully the the, the match officials. And I thought, this is a laugh coming from Jurgen Klinsmann, who was like the, a world-class... Um, worker of the referee and a diver and all the rest of it but anyway he went on this wonderful rant it's the kind of television you want to see more of it's almost reminded me of the 1970s um, where you know the a, a football panel would actually come out with strong opinions that possibly would be expressed in the bar afterwards but this was good mm. and now, but now he's trying to calm down the row he's, he's i don't know what he's saying to backtrack on it because he went quite a long way in condemning Carlos <laughs> Queiroz and the Iranian football culture. I don't know how you turn that around and say, "I'm sorry, I said it." You know, if you don't I believe saw
2: it. FIFA, FIFA described Ronaldo's sort of, I mean, it looked a, sort of a half dive just about a penalty, and they they described it as genius. Um, so.
1: <laughs> genius, if you if you if it benefits you, I suppose. Yeah, Ronaldo. absolutely. That's great stuff, Ben Anthony. Really, really appreciate your time this morning, mate. Thank you for coming on the show. Pleasure mate. and is um, hoping that England do at least progress into the uh, into the quarterfinals at least. At least we'll see where we go from there. Till the next edition of Achtung World Cup. Big thank you to Ben. Thank you for listening, dear listeners, and bye for now.
0: Achtung Millwall.